Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 4th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and continue the story of the prodigal son. Yesterday we got through verse 13 and we saw how this prodigal son wasted his entire inheritance, his entire substance in this riotous living. Verse 14 it says, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. First of all, he went through it all. There was no forethought. There was no thinking about the future. It was what he wanted in the moment when he wanted it. And that's how he lived his life. There may have been a little bit of impulsive ADD behavior there. (laughs) I can see myself in that just a little bit, especially my younger self. But because he wasn't thinking about his future, when it was all gone, all of a sudden there's this famine in the land and he began to be in want. Now, I love that word began. Because it makes me think this young man had probably never experienced want a day in his life. When he was with his father, we know his father had employees, had hired servants. That was a characteristic of people who were a little bit wealthier. And so this father, this young man was probably raised in this home where he never experienced want. And when he received his inheritance and went to a far off country, he clearly never experienced want there either because he spent his money like there was no tomorrow. He got everything that he wanted in those moments. But then he runs out of money, the famine hits, and he, for the first time in his life, begins to feel want. And so what does he do in this want? It says he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now that's interesting. He joined himself with a citizen of that country. Here he is, far from his home, far from his people, most likely in kind of a wicked and idolatrous place, and he is out of options. And so he joins himself with someone who's probably also wicked and idolatrous. In my opinion, I think that he joined himself to this person because he owed him something. We see that he's going to have to work for this person, but he still doesn't have money. He still doesn't have a way to feed himself. So in my mind, he spends all that he has. He gets into debt to this person. And now this person is making him work for his debt. He's making him work it off, but he's giving him nothing in return and not even supporting him, not even giving him food to eat for the work that he's doing. In that way, this citizen of the country reminds me of the adversary, right? So often we go off on our own way, we do our own thing, and sometimes we join ourselves with ways or habits or people that aren't conducive to our faith. In that way, we join ourselves to the adversary, right? But it makes me think of the story of Korihor. Remember in Alma chapter 30, Korihor is this antichrist that preaches all sorts of things against God and is asking for a sign and is struck dumb. And when Alma says, well, there you have your sign. Did you want all this affliction to happen just to show you a sign? Well, Korihor says that he always knew the power of God, but that the devil had deceived him. And in his dumb state, he goes about and he eventually gets trampled. And it's this horrible ending for Korihor. But in verse 60 of Alma chapter 30, we see something that's really important to understand. It says, And thus we see that the devil will not support his children at the last day, but doth speedily drag them down to hell. And so here, the prodigal son joins himself with someone from this country. He gets ensnared with this man. But this man is not someone who's going to support the prodigal son. 
in his affliction or in his difficulty. He ensnares him, yes, but then he leaves him with nothing. He doesn't feed him. It appears he doesn't pay him. He doesn't help him in any way, shape, or form. And that's how the adversary is with us. He seeks to deceive us. He seeks to ensnare us. But when he does, as with Korihor, he doesn't support them in that last day. In fact, I think he drops us like something that's hot and laughs about it. Such a powerful example of the adversary there with that person. But look what this man does for the prodigal son or what he asked the prodigal son to do. It says, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, I talked yesterday about speaking to that Jewish woman and asking her about cultural parts of this story that would be shocking to me. And she said that when Jesus said that this nice little Jewish boy had been sent to the field to raise swine, that people would have gone berserk that whoever Jesus was talking to would have lost their marbles at that idea. Remember, according to the law of Moses, pigs were considered unclean. Now, that's absolutely true. But by this point, remember how the law of Moses changed and morphed and certain areas got more entrenched. That was one of the areas. By the time the Savior was teaching this parable, it wasn't just, hey, don't eat pigs. It was don't be around them don't touch them, don't feed them. And if you're even in the same vicinity of a pig, you could be considered unclean. In fact, there were some cities that didn't even allow pigs to be in their boundaries. This idea that this kid, this Jewish raised kid would have been taking care of pigs was just as low and filthy and awful as it got. And yet this was his state. This is where he was, so hungry and so lost and so alone that he wanted to eat the food of the pigs, not just take care of them, but eat their food would have been appalling. Verse 17, it says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. I love that phrase came to himself. It reminds me of Alma chapter five, verse seven, when it talks about the savior changing the people's hearts. And it says he awakened them out of a deep sleep and they awoke unto God. That's kind of like the experience of this young man. He came to himself. He awoke unto God or he awoke unto his father. Elder Maxwell once said that the Holy Ghost preached to the prodigal son from the pulpit of memory. Similar to Enos, right? Remember, he's hunting in the woods and he's wrestling before God for a remission of his sins. When he remembers the words of his father, it's that memory of the goodness of his father, the memory of the preaching of his father that brings him back or allows for this change of heart to happen. And I imagine a similar thing happening here with the prodigal son. I am sure his father was praying for him, thinking about him, hoping for him, begging the father to bring his son back. And in this moment, the Holy Ghost preaches a sermon from this child's memory that brings him back to his father. What's sad here, it's devastating to think about, is the kid didn't feel worthy to be his son anymore. And so he says, well, I'll go back to my father and I'll say, I'm not worthy to be your son, but can I at least be your servant? And he decides that he is going to return. That effort to go home makes all the difference in the world. Elder Maxwell once said it like this, Do we naively expect Christ to come to us instead of our going to him? Truly, he waits all the day long with open arms to receive the repentant. There are no restrictive office hours, but it is we who must arise and go to him. 
And that's exactly what this kid did. And in verse 20, it says, But he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. The beautiful part of that verse is that the father saw him a long ways off, meaning he was watching for him. He was waiting for him. He had faith that his son would come back. And he kept his eye open and his heart open and his home open for that day when he eventually would. Elder Anderson once said, Do we understand our Heavenly Father's anxiousness at our every effort to return to Him? Even when we are still a great way off, He welcomes our return. We experience joy as the love of our Savior assures us that we can yet be clean, that we will one day be home again. This happiness comes only through repentance. As we leave wrongdoing behind and exercise faith in Jesus Christ, we will receive a remission of our sins. We sense that our Savior is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. My friends, as we come to ourselves, as we recognize the changes that we need to make, and as we turn to our Savior in an effort to go back home, it is my testimony that our Father in Heaven sees us afar off and anxiously runs to us to offer us all the mercy and all the forgiveness that His prodigal nature allows. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.